0: The obstacles. In spite of the fact that circumstances say it'll never work. He invites her into a relationship. And then when you heard her voice come in, she's saying, No, 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 this will never work. We, we can't rewrite the stars. And the beautiful part is at the end, you'll notice they're singing a duet, and that signifies like that they, they do come together and they're singing in beautiful harmony together. And it's just a beautiful picture of God. God's the uber rich. You know, God is so far above us. Holy, holy, holy. Here we are, the poor of the poor. Uh, spiritually, we're poorer than poor, and we're giving God all existence excuses. Well, God, no. And, you know, perhaps you're here today and you've told God no a thousand times. Or maybe, and and perhaps today, you know, God's been wanting to rewrite your stars and you've been telling God no and here's the reason why forever and ever. And then here's this beautiful ending to come together um, with him. Rewrite the stars. How God wants to rewrite the stars of your life. God wants to rewrite the stars of your life. Now the sermon Of faith heroes right in the middle there and find Abraham, but he was destined for the stars. Now, here's what I want you to get. You know, we all are destined for the stars, but in order to embrace that destiny, we've got to allow God to rewrite the stars. You know, I thought over and over again, students, let me talk to you personally just a moment. Of all the people I'm talking to today, this sermon's probably the most important for you because you're at that point in life. When you're trying to determine, you know, what are you going to do with the rest of your life? Uh, mine was so crazy. You know, college just was not in my future, okay? Nobody in my, my family went to college. Um, I didn't know what I was going to do. And I uh, ended up, you know, and I, don't have, I won't bore you with the story. Uh, actually, it wouldn't be boring because it's pretty cool. But anyway, you know, through a, st- a strange set of circumstances, I ended up in the Air Force. And God used that throughout my life and my ministry. So I'm asking you today, you know, have you talked to God about allowing him to rewrite your stars. I know your mom and dad's told you, I know your aunt and uncles have told you, perhaps your friends have told you, maybe you told you what you want to do with your life, but have you asked God, "Hey God, what do you want?" Hey God, I'm telling you, I want you to write the stars of my life, rewrite the stars of my life. What do you want me to do? It's the biggest decision that you'll ever make, and trust me, Trust me, getting right on this one is huge, it's huge, it's huge. And then maybe you're out here, and you're younger, or you're middle-aged, or somewhere in the middle, or maybe you're, you know, maybe you're like me, a senior adult, and you're saying, okay, God, you know, is there anything in my life that you want to rewrite the stars of my life? That is the big question um, that we have today. Inviting God to have his will, his way in our lives, to rewrite um, the stars. You know, it's 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 happened. Now I asked I talked to Michael Stewart before first service. Um y'all know Michael Stewart, most of you do. Um, he owns a financial advisory group um, here in Harrisburg. And uh, he came to see me about last fall sometime. I mean early in the fall of summer, you know, and I didn't know what he wanted to talk about. But he came in and said, Dwayne, I really feel like God's calling me to do something that's risky. Um and I said, Well what's that man? He said, Well I want to redirect my business. You know, as an investment advisor, he says, I still want to do investments, obviously. He said, but I want to put God up front. I want to lead people on how they can invest their money in, a, in godly uh, businesses and ventures. He said, I, I don't want to just throw, throw their money out there to the world. I want to help them invest their money in a way that would honor God. And he knew that it was risky. He knew it was risky. And sure enough, he's done that, and God has blessed that. It's so cool. I thought about Farmer State Bank. Yeah, yeah, I'm a fan of farmers, you know, but I love the fact that, that the leadership of farmers, and I'm sure it's multiple you know, multi leaders, but they've laid it out there. You know, they have chosen to let God write the stars of their bank. How do you know that, Dwayne? Have you read their marquee? Yeah. Everywhere you go scripture and God. And I'm not talking about a little tiny fish on their little marquee. I'm talking about blatant scriptures, blatant God. And what did they do? They let God rewrite the stars. It was risky? Yeah. Did some people move, move to People's Bank or First National because they, they throw God out too much? Probably. But they said what matters in our business is that we allow God to rewrite the stars. And I guess if there's one thing um, I, am I'm, I'm literally about, I don't want somebody to say they, boy, you talked about yourself too much. And I know some of y'all think that anyway, but, but I really, you know, this is something I told him last service, you know, at the end, I said, you know, there's a lot of things I don't know. <laughs> a lot of things I don't know about God. A lot of things I don't know about the Bible, but I know a little bit about God rewriting stars because he has rewritten the stars for Judy and me over the last 42 years um, in a tremendous, tremendous way. The last major rewrite was when I came here. You know, we were at Cobden. We were just totally, you know, we were just happy where we were. And the phone rang on a Tuesday night. You, some of y'all know this story, and I'm not going to take long. Um, phone rang on a Tuesday night. Hey, Dad, it's for you. And some guy named Don Billman, Donnie Billman, said, hey, we're looking for a pastor. And somebody turns your name, would you be interested? And I'll say, I'll pray about it. And yeah, you know that's you know when a preacher says we'll pray about it, that probably means we won't. But I did. And God opened that door up and here we are 23 years later, you know, but it was such a big change for us. It was really frightful. Uh, I remember after you guys said, "Yeah, we want you," and I said, "Yes," uh, I have told you all this story. So I'm sitting outside a Target. And I'm sitting there on a the bench outside of Target going, literally, I'm just going to be very candid with you. God what have I done? I know these people love me. I don't even know these people. God, God, what what have I done, God? And it's so cool. God, see, we let God write your stars. He sends little helpers. You know, yeah. So, so Tom and Leanne, Danil, and they don't even remember this. Tom and Leanne, Daniel, the kids walked up and said, "Hey, I don't know if you remember us or not, but but we are from Dorsville Baptist Church, and we just wanted to tell you something. We are so glad and so excited." that you are going to be our new pastor. Just wanted to tell you that, and off they went, their own way. And it's like God said, Dwayne, I know I've shaken your world and rewrote your stars, but I'm with you, I'm with you. And I want to tell you this, that God is with you and God is for you. And he wants to rewrite your stars, but you really have to trust him with that. So what's our first teaching point? Well, it says this. The only person, now now, again, this goes back almost to two weeks ago, all right, uh, when we talked about this is me. The only person you are destined to become is the person God designed you to be. And students, that's what I was talking about. Okay, your destiny and what what God created you to be, and the one thing you need to become is exactly who God created you to be. Okay, so the only the only person that you're destined to become is the person God designed you to be. I love Psalm one thirty, yeah, Psalm one thirty nine fourteen. Listen to this: For it was you that you being God, for it was you who created my inward parts. You knit me together in my mother's womb. And so even before I was knitted together in the womb, he knew me. But then when he created me in my mother's womb, he made me, he crafted me, he designed me. And guess what? He did you too. He did you too. So, so if you're sitting here and you're going, gee, I wish I'm quite so quirky. I wasn't this about me. I wish it wasn't that way about me. The different things. You need to understand you are who God designed you to be. And like we said two weeks ago, Ethel Waters, God don't make no junk. He don't make mistakes. He doesn't get it wrong. And so God has created you. And listen, you don't, listen, you don't need to worry about what you're not. You just need to be who you are. You don't need to worry about who you're not You need to worry about who you are. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I will praise you because I have been remarkably and wondrously made. Now, if you've got a Bible out, you probably need to underline that. If you've got your electronic Bible out, you might want to highlight that in there. Because you, look at me, look at me, look at me, look at me. You need to believe today. You need to believe today. You need to believe today that you are fearfully and wonderfully made. It's not five percent of the population. It's not twenty percent of the population. It is every child of God. We are fearfully and we are wonderfully made. God got it right. So remember that when when you, when you're the pressure's on you, you're feeling something like a failure. Like you know, I'm, I know I'm weird, and, and my wife just confirmed the fact that I'm weird weird okay uh, my parents just confirmed the fact that i'm weird all right you just remember this god says god says you are remarkably and wondrously made believe this your works are wondrous and i know it full well hey god hey god i choose to believe i choose to believe that i am exactly who you want me to be want a little bit more ephesians chapter 2 verse number 10 i love this scripture I use it all the time for we, for we, Paul said, are God's masterpiece. I always going can make a joke here. I know, I know, some of us are more like Picasso than Rembrandt, but the bottom line is we're all masterpieces. Okay? For we are God's masterpiece. Now, this is the important part. This is why you've got to allow God to rewrite your stars. That's why you've got to let him direct the, your future, you know, you, you, you know, what you choose your career, who you're going to marry, um, what you're going to do, okay? Here's why. He has created us anew. When we trusted Jesus Christ as Savior, he created us anew. And if you've never trusted Jesus Christ as Savior, he wants to make, create you anew, okay? And for a reason. He has created us re- anew in Christ Jesus So we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. So God is saying, just like the song, he's looking at us today saying, hey, why don't we rewrite the stars? And rather than give God an argument of why it won't work, why don't we just say yes? Yes, God. Yes, God, you created me fearfully and wonderfully. Uh, Yes, God, I want to be who you destined me to be. Uh, Yes, God. Yes, God, I want to do the good things He planned for us long ago. Now, listen, students, that means, that means that God has a wonderful plan for your life. Okay? Once you trust Christ as Savior, He's got this wonderful plan for your life, okay? And He has planned works for you. Okay? That's why it's important you think about it. Just because some person says, excuse me, mom and dad, just because mom and dad tell you that, that's great. You can trust them, but you need to find what God says, okay? What God says, what God says. So, so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. So the only person we need to be then is the person that God created us and destined us to be. We let, need to give him the freedom to rewrite the stars. Now it goes a little bit further and says this. Your destiny is not found in circumstances. I, I know in the culture we live in, we have, we have propagated, we have, we have manufactured this victim mentality. And, and it says this, I can never be that because of this. You know, and then, and whether it's, you know, whether it's our, our our our, you know, our ancestry or whatever it is, you know, we, you know, great-grandpa was an alcoholic, so dad was an alcoholic, and yep, you're right, now I'm going to be an alcoholic. Uh, Grandpa was abusive, you know, dad was abusive, so I'm destined to be abusive. You know, grandpa was a loser, okay, dad was a loser, and now I'm going to be a loser, okay? Ain't. So, ain't true. I want you to hear that loud. Listen, your destiny is not found in circumstances. Well, Dwayne, where is it found then? It's found in the hands of God. And again, if you've not put your faith and trust in Jesus, that's the first step. Let him write a brand new destiny for you. And if you've trusted Jesus Christ, now discover his will. And God, what is that destiny that you have for me? Don't become a victim, become a victor. Don't become a victim. Become a victor, uh, victor. Learn to live victoriously. And you do that by believing the word of God and believing what God says about you, and Some people say your destiny is not found in circumstances or the stars. Some people say, well, if the stars just line up right, if tonight the stars line up just right, maybe it will happen for me. I've got a better idea. Why don't you trust the one who made the stars, rather than just throwing your, your fate out there and saying, well, you know, make the stars line up tonight, this will happen or that will happen, and I'll get this or do that. No, 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 no. If you're a Christ follower, trust the one who made the stars. Trust the one who made the stars. Now, that is exactly what the hero of our story does today. And we're going to go to Hebrews in chapter 11, okay? And the first part, and we're going to follow us up. This is a guy named uh, a- Abraham. Look at it here. By faith, Abraham, when he was called, obeyed. By faith, Abraham. Now, I don't know where to start with this. It's just so full of information. First off, let's talk about Abraham. Abraham was a 100% total pagan. He didn't go to Sunday school. He didn't go to church. He he had no godly, they couldn't even spell God, okay? They had no godly uh, legacy whatsoever. And yet God knocks on his heart one day and says, Hey, Abraham, let's rewrite the stars. Let's rewrite stars. Let's do something totally different. And it's crazy. He calls him to go to a place he's never been. He left where he was, not knowing where he was even going, but he listened to God. So here's this pagan guy, okay? He didn't, know, he didn't know anything about God. He just simply believed. He simply believed. And that's the key word right there. When he was called, he obeyed. See, obeyed is like time, okay? Now, all things considered, if you live the full 24 hours today, then you're going to get 1,440 minutes. If you're really rich today... Yeah, you get 1,440 minutes. If you're the poorest person in the building, yep, 1,440 minutes, if you get the full load, okay? Oh, and then, then, let's say you get to live the whole week, okay? If you're richest person, you're just blessed, you're multi-talented, all of that, boy, wow, God just showered it all on you. Yeah, you're going to get 168 hours this week. And if you're the poorest guy and got no talent, Yep, you're going to get 168 hours. See obedience is like that. You don't have to be mega talented to obey. Anybody can obey. Anybody can. It's you know students, anybody can obey. You can choose, you can choose to let God rewrite the stars. All you have to do is obey, and anybody can obey. You don't have to well, I don't have to have right I don't have the right degree. Um, I don't know the books of the Bible. I don't know. The, no, 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 no. Anybody can obey. Abraham did. So so by faith, Abraham, when he was called, obeyed. And look how he did it. How did he do it? By faith. By faith. See, the Bible makes it very clear that without faith, it's impossible to please God. We walk by faith and not by sight. We're a people of faith. A people of faith. So allowing, now listen, listen, listen. Are you listening? Rewriting the stars requires faith. Rewriting the stars requires faith. So um, I had been in the Air Force for 10 years. I intended to make the Air Force my career. And those of you who know how this all works, if you stay 20 years, you get a full pension—you know, half, half your salary for the rest of your life, forever and ever, amen—till you die. Okay, you get that. Okay. So I was halfway to my pension, and by the time I got out, I was in year 12, leaving eight years toward my pension. My my brother-in-law down in Georgia said, "Dwayne, the worst mistake you ever made." was getting out of the Air Force. I said, no, sir, you are wrong. The best decision I ever made was getting out of the Air Force. From his perspective, the thought and idea of a pension for the rest of my life was the most important thing. And what I discovered is, am discovering is, is that allowing God to rewrite your stars is the most important thing. So it's 1984. I'm about two months from getting out. Remember, I'm the kid. I'm the guy. I've already surrendered on, on February 14, 1982. Went forward in church, said I'm going to be a pastor. Yay, good, all that. <laughs> God has a sense of humor. I think it was like four weeks later, I was pastoring a church. Yeah, I was a small one, but I was pastoring a church. Again, I couldn't even spell pastor, okay? When, when they hired me, I said, I don't know anything about being a pastor. And they said, oh, we'll teach you. Okay, so yeah, that's, that's where it was. So, so anyway, so I pastored that church, um, and then I, I went to, a, after 18 months, I went to a little larger church, okay, full-time this time. So I'm pastoring full-time, and I'm also in, in the ministry full-time. It's kind of weird. Uh, it really was weird. But anyway, so somewhere in that process there, about six or seven or eight months before getting out of the service, um, I developed asthma. Now, I don't mean little asthma. I mean big asthma. I mean three weeks in the hospital asthma. I mean can't breathe asthma. And the only thing they could find out that would help me was a massive dose of steroids, as in 65 milligrams a day. Now, if you know anything about steroids, a big dose is 10. So here I am on 65 milligrams of steroids a day. I'm rapidly approaching time to get out of the service. Okay, and I'm constantly reminding God, hey God, you remember I'm the guy who said I would get out of the service to serve you? Uh, well, this ain't going very well. So I went to my first Southern Baptist Convention and um, on the uh, seats was this little card. Now keep in mind, you know, 65 milligrams of steroids. If, I, I wish I could find the picture. I'll try to find it for you someday. My face was like a basket. You know, storage makes your face fat. And so do other things, but this was storage. But anyway, yeah, so I had this really fat face, had the dark beard, you know, from, from the steroids. I, by 3 o'clock, I had like a full growth of beard. It was really crazy. And so I go into the room, and there, and, and I'm, I'm going, God, this is scary. And I'll go in the room, and there on the, all the chairs, all thousands of chairs, was a little card with a reading by Patrick Overington. Here's what it said. When you have come to the edge of all light that you know, I had come to the edge of all light that I knew. And you're about to drop off into the darkness of the unknown. I was about to drop off into the darkness of the unknown. I would like to tell you that I was a faith giant, and I wasn't scared. I was scared to death. Did I mention no health insurance? Did I mention two kids under five? Did I mention a wife who said, I'll trust you if you know what you're doing? God, I hope I know what I'm doing. When you're about to drop off through the darkness of the unknown, Faith is knowing one of two things will happen. Okay, okay, if you're here today and already God spoke to your heart, hey, students, you're going, okay, Dwayne, you got my attention with this, you know, allowing God to rewrite the stars, but man, what does that mean? You know, how, what does that mean? Okay, okay, listen, you've got to believe one of two things is going to happen. There will be something solid to stand on in that darkness, or you will be taught how to fly. I've still got that card. Elaine Weatherton heard me preach it one time and hung it in her office. I hope you'll go to, to the worship app and copy this down. Students, students, I hope you'll never forget this. Because as you advance into your life, you know, and you're not sure what God's calling, you're wanting God to rewrite your stars, remember this. That when you've come to the edge of all known light and you're about to step off into darkness, you've got to believe that God will give you something to stand on or He's going to teach you how to fly. Believe that. Abraham did. By faith. By faith. Abraham believed God. By faith he obeyed God. So what's our teaching point? Well, Christians often See obedience to God as a test to see how committed they are to Him. And I get that. I get that because didn't Jesus say, if you love me, keep my commandments? So, so I certainly get that. And I love it because He made it real simple. You know, a guy asked him one day and he said, hey, what's the great, what, you know, what's the two greatest commandments? What's the greatest commandment? And he said, oh, that's easy. You love God. And then he said, oh, by the way, here's another one love people. Love God, love people. Love God, love people. That, that's easy. So yeah, I get that. We, we see that and obedience as a test is how committed they are to him. But Greg Rochelle wonders, and I, I wonder with him because I think he's right. Now, listen carefully. Greg Rochelle wonders if it's God's way of giving us what's best for us. What if obedience, what, what, if, what, if, what if, hey guys, what if allowing God to rewrite your stars was him giving you best? And, and, and what if anything else besides that? was second best, or third best, or fourth best. What what if, hey, 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 adult out there, who, who, who you're sitting there and you're a single adult and you're thinking marriage, hey, 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 you know, have you asked God about rewriting the stars? You know, so so what if you don't, you know, what if what you get is like second best or third best or, 27th best. Or, or what if you're here today, you know, and, and you're, you've got a career going and you just feel like God, is some kind of unhappiness, or dissatisfaction, and you just feel like God might be wanting to rewrite your stars. You know, are you going to settle? Listen, listen, the greatest career is not, ooh, come on, Dwayne, go ahead and spit it out, son. I'm going to. The best career for you is not the one that makes you the most money, it's one that God says, God says, this is what I want you. To do. See, my brother-in-law didn't get that. He saw dollar signs. He didn't see God signs. He's a good man too, by the way. Good Christian man. He's just not right on that one. Just not right on that one. So, so I think Greg Shell's right. I think within the realm of asking God to rewrite our stars and obeying Him and being within His purpose is the best thing ever. It's His way of giving us the very best ever. Verse number 8, the second part, says this. So he, Abram, Abraham, he set out for a place that he was going to receive as an inheritance. So so he leaves, he leaves where he was, er, okay? He leaves and he starts along a path, but he doesn't know where the path is leading him. He just knows it's leading him to his inheritance, okay? He struck out, not knowing. In fact, he says it right here, he went out even though he did not know where he was going. So God called him, he obeyed God, he set out, and he left. Look, knew he was going to a place. He knew knew the place, he just didn't know the path. You know, how God was going to get him there. But he went out, but he didn't know where he was going. He just knew out there that God could be trusted out there. Remember Fifele, the movie, American Tale? Somewhere out there. That's Abraham. Somewhere out there, he knew of the faithfulness of God. He didn't know a whole lot about God, but already he knew that God was faithful. So, hey, kids, students, you can know that God's going to be faithful. You you may not know. Let's look at this teaching point. Look at our teaching point. Our destiny doesn't hinge on having all the answers. Now, get this. Get this. Destiny is not jeopardy. You know how you went into jeopardy? You know all the answers. The guy who knows all the answers wins the Jeopardy game, wins the jackpot. Faith in God is not Jeopardy. You won't know all the answers. That's why it's important you understand it just simply involves trusting God. You don't have all the answers. When I jumped out of the Air Force, I didn't have all the answers. And can I be honest with you? When I came here, I didn't have all the answers either. But here we are together, you know, 23 years later. And I think, I think God knew what he was talking about. I didn't understand it. I was just trying to be obedient. And here we are 23 years later. So, so our destiny doesn't hinge on having all the answers, but rather on our faith and obedience in the one who does. So I don't have to know the answers. I just got to trust that God has the answers. And because he has the answers, that he can be trusted to rewrite our stars, to rewrite our stars. So, verse number nine. So, by faith, by faith, there it is again, by faith. By faith, he stayed as a foreigner in the land of promise. Okay, okay. So, so he, he, he didn't, like, have citizenship here. He was a foreigner. He was a refugee. His citizenship was somewhere else, okay? He was a refugee. By faith, he stayed as a foreigner in the land of promise, living in tents, Living in tents. So here he's, he he you know, he was so stinking rich back in Ur, and he left all that behind, and he comes a refugee, and and he he's you know a foreigner in the of promise. He lived in tents, just like Je- Isaac and Jacob to the same promise. Here's what we get we got to remember. Are you ready? This is profound. This is not home. As a Jesus follower, you need to know this is not. Home. We are campers, and not homesteaders. We are campers, and not homesteaders. Okay, so so Abraham jumps. Okay, in obedience to God. Okay, and lived during his entire life as a foreigner in a land and living in tents. I'll say this once, and I'll probably say it again in just a few moments. So you won't think I'm crazy. Okay. Tent time here is worth eternity in mansions. Tent time here, T-E-N-T, time, is worth mansions forever. Amen? All right, look, look, at, look at Psalm 8410. Look at Psalm 8410. A single day, this is a great scripture. A single day, how many? Single, how many are single? One, One Okay. One day. One day in your courts is better than a thousand anywhere else. So the psalmist is saying, hey, you know what? I would rather spend one day in your presence, in your will, with your purpose, than have a thousand days somewhere else. Can I bring that down to where it would help us understand it? We could say, without harming the scripture, we could say, a single day in your will is better than a 1,000 anywhere else. Now, hey, students, listen to me again. The world won't tell you that. good good-intending people won't tell you that. They'll tell you that life is all about, you know, you being happy, getting more. God says, no, 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 no. It's better, it's better to be within my will and purpose for your life for a single day, for a single day. You know, I say, this is not going to make any sense What I'm fixing to say this, this. You know, when Jesus was in the garden, he said, You know, God, if there is any way, okay, if there is any way that we don't have to do this, okay, uh, that would be great. And then he said this However, not my will, but your will be done. I'm going to say something with the absolute authority of the Word of God that you're going to disagree with most likely. Jesus would not have traded. The day on the cross for anything, even though it meant his suffering, even though it meant him becoming sin, even though the wrath of God, his father, was poured out, even though it caused him to cry out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He wouldn't have traded that one day for anything because he understood Psalm 84. One day in the will of my father is worth a thousand anywhere else. I ask you that question, do you believe that? Are you willing to trade a day in the will of God and the purpose for your life, allowing Him to rewrite your stars for whatever the world offers, whatever money will buy you, whatever power would, would do for you, whatever prestige would do for you? Are you willing to trade that and live one day? One day, uh, a single day in your course is better than a thousand worlds. I would rather be a gatekeeper. Now, that's not a real slam. A gatekeeper still was a place of responsibility. It just wasn't next to the throne. It wasn't high on the job list. Okay, uh, I would rather be a gatekeeper in the house of my God than live the good life in the home of the wicked. Hey, the psalmist says this. Listen, i to tell you something. I would rather have somewhere over here in the kingdom of God than had the party life of the wicked. Have you determined that? Have you found yourself longing for a little bit more of this world? Have, have you kind of found yourself longing for, you know, I would rather, you know, they seem to, you know, your, my friends seem to have so much fun. You know, they seem to have so much fun. And boy, my life sometimes doesn't seem to have like fun. Well, the gay, listen, I'd rather be a gatekeeper in the house of my God than live the good life in the homes of the wicked. I'd rather live in a tent now and have a home later. I'd rather live in a tent now than have a home later. Verse 10. Here it is. This is, this is the crux. This is the, the, the key point. For he, he would endure tents. He would endure being a refugee. He would leave all the, all the prosperity of Ur, Okay, he even, you remember the Lot in Lot Abraham's story? He chose Lot. Lot said, Hey, Abraham said to Lot, You take whatever you want, I'll take what's left over. How could he do that? By the, being the senior, he, was, he had first dibs. Okay? For he was looking forward to a bigger tent, he was looking for a better tent. Uh uh-uh. uh. He could see beyond that. For he was looking forward to the city, the city no longer tents, the city no longer refugee, the city new citizenship. For he was looking forward to the city that has foundations. And who made that? Whose architect and builder is God. Now I'm telling you. You can trust God. You can trust God. Ask God to rewrite your stars because he is preparing for you a place. And it won't be a a little cabin over in Glory Land, as the old gospel song says. It will be a dwelling place in the house of God where you will work and worship God forever and ever and ever and ever. He's the architect and he's the builder. What does that look like, Dwayne? Well, let's just find out. And I didn't start. I'll just stop you. Took care of that little timer. When you got the button, you can do that. Listen to Revelation 21 15 through 19. John writing in Alipatmos. The, the angel who talked to me held in his hand a gold measuring stick to measure the city, its gates, and its wall. This is the city. That, this is the city. Okay? When he measured it, he found it it was square, as wide as it was long. In fact, its length and width and height were each 1,400 miles. Do the math, that's one big city. Then he measured the walls and found them to be 216 feet thick, according to the human standard used by the angel. The wall was made of jasper, and the city was pure gold. Dwayne, what is pure gold? Is pure gold, and as clear as glass. What gold is pure as clear as glass? You've got to get to heaven to find out. The wall of the city was built on foundation stones inlaid with 12 precious stones. So let me ask you a question. If you could live here in a tent for, oh, 100 years, Or you could live in a city that has foundation, whose architect and builder is God, that I just described. What's the better deal? I'm trying to tell you, let God rewrite your stars. You may not know the path He's going to lead you, but you know the place. And the place is heaven. The place is eternity. And, And again, a day within His will and his promise is better than a thousand elsewhere. Well, Max Lucado said this: God never said the journey would be easy. I'm not telling you that if you let God rewrite your stars, it's going to be a great journey. Now, I don't have to be honest with you. Gene and I have had a great journey; it really has. It's been wonderful. But God never said the journey would be easy. But He did say that the arrival would be worthwhile. And I can promise you this: no matter what the journey looks like here. The arrival will be worthwhile. The old gospel song says, it will be worth it all when we see Jesus. There is nothing. Hey, students, there is nothing the world offers you that's going to be better than that. Nothing, nothing, nothing. It will be worth it all. There's one little teaching point that's left. It says this, as you travel the path of God's plan for your life, allowing him to rewrite the stars, Remember to keep focusing on His Word. Now, the Word is just key to all of this, okay? Keep focusing on His Word. It's the one light you have in a dark time as you wait for daybreak and the rising of the morning star in your hearts. So keep focusing on the Word of God. Give God full permission. God, I'm yours. And I allow you, I want you to rewrite my stars. I'm telling you, it's a decision you'll never regret. Students, I hope you make that decision. Young adults out here who are still making career choices, I hope, hope you make that decision. You won't regret it. Senior adults who are getting older like, like me, like us, okay, allow God to determine what's the next chapter. I like what Ross said. And you may not know the John Piper story, but it goes way back, uh, about 1990s, somewhere in there, 90s, in the 90s. And the Rear Diocese wrote a story about a couple who retired early, to take retirement early, and they bought a boat and collected seashells. And the whole point was they spent the rest of their life collecting seashells. And Piper was saying, don't spend the rest of your life gathering seashells. Hey, God didn't put you in retirement to catch or to gather seashells. He gave you the next chapter to be the next chapter, to discover what Rewriting the Stars looks for for the rest of your life. Would you bow your heads, please? Boy, thank you for letting me share um, today. I really appreciate that. And I hope it was helpful. I hope it was helpful today. And students, I pray, I really pray in Jesus' name, I pray for you guys that you'll allow God to rewrite your stars. And for those of us out here, you know, who are trying to make those, those decisions, those life decisions, there's an angst in your spirit about what you're doing right now, maybe you need to ask God to rewrite your stars. Maybe you need to ask him to rewrite your stars. And again, no matter where we are in our life station, giving God permission to to have his way, his will and his way in our lives to rewrite our stars. And if you've never trusted Jesus, and this is more than just a tagline, if you're here today and somebody offered to buy your lunch or you're listening on Facebook or you've perhaps caught the radio, you know, whatever it might be, and you've never put your faith and trust in Jesus, it all starts there. The first way you let God rewrite your stars is by putting your faith and trust in Jesus. My friend Brent's going to be standing down front. He wants more than anything to tell you about Jesus. The altar's open. Students, I encourage you. Maybe you want to come pray. And say, okay, God, I, don't, I, get, I didn't get all Dwayne said, but I got a feeling he was trying to tell me I should let you have your way in my life. And maybe you want to come and pray about that. All right, Father, thank you very much for the privilege of sharing and teaching today. Uh, Father, help us to trust you by faith to rewrite our stars. Um, Father, sometimes it's a little scary, but help us to have faith in knowing that you never make a mistake, that you're always right. So this time is your time. In Jesus, we pray in your precious name. Amen.